Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Well, we are so lucky. We are back today with my friend, Laura Polly, who last time we were was here, talked about the challenges of becoming a woman chef. <laughs> she didn't use any ugly language at all, unlike me. But today, what I want Laura to talk to you to everyone about, to our audience about, is the cooking school that she started in her home in San Francisco. Hi, Laura. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, we're thrilled. Honey, you are an excellent guest. And if people don't think that after Cindy and I are finished, we don't talk about the guests, they don't <laughs> know who we are. Because yeah, we go over you with a fine tooth comb. There's good news, there's bad news. Sometimes I have to give myself a critique, which I don't care for, but it, it happens. Now, hello, well, thank you. Now, darling, here's what I, because again, I know you, I follow you on Facebook, I see pictures of your apartment with the most breathtaking view of the Bay Bridge and when and your kitchen and when you're getting ready for a dinner party. So can you tell us how that started and how do you keep it going? Sure. Um, by the grace of God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I in so in 2017, um, you know, throughout my career, ever since I came back from France, I would leave tech and, and go into cooking. And then I'd run out of money or get scared and run back to tech. And then I'd go back to food, back and forth, seesaw. And 2017, um, January, I left tech and did a three-month intensive sommelier training to get my certified sommelier um, accreditation. And it was a three-month intensive. Every day, I'd get up at 530 leave at 6.30, drive down to, um, gosh, uh, South Bay <clears throat> so I could miss traffic. I'd go to Starbucks and study for two hours, go to class, um, two hours of class, and then we taste ten, eight to 10 wines every day and, and spit so I could drive home and did that every day for three months. And, and my goal at the time was to move to Napa and, and uh, learn how to make wine as a chef, um, I didn't want to work in a restaurant. I wanted to, I wanted to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so at the time I sold my house and, um, it sold really quickly. So I had to, I had to move fast. And so I moved into this apartment. I just thought, you know, for six, three to six months and, um, and then I'll, I'll head up to Napa. So I, I got in here and then the Napa fires hit. And so, <laughs> the fires of 2017. So there were no, there were no jobs. There was nowhere to live. And if there was a job, it was going to somebody local, which I completely understand. And so I got back into tech and, and, um, and then, you know, I was going to go and I was trying to get back up there and there was always a fire. And, um, and so I, I, you know, here it is almost four and a half years later. And, um, and I, I'm just so blessed with the most spectacular view I, I was so grateful to be here during the pandemic because um, uh, I have a balcony and I could go outside and, um, but I'm, I'm looking, if I look this way, I'm looking at the Bay Bridge and the Bay and I'm on a corner. And then if I look South, um, I'm, I still have the Bay and then if I can look to the right and I can see the hills and I don't get the full sunset, but I get a little bit of the sunset. So I get the sunrise in the morning 
and then I can I get the reflections of the sunset on the buildings. Well, so um, I, I am I'm so lucky to be here, and I'm so grateful for it. There isn't a day. I bet, honey, uh, you post pictures of what, <laughs> the pink boats that go by and the different things, and I have to tell you, I stop I stop and look at every one. I never get tired of it. It's an thank you. you. Know, I I and I also I have a only because I love the water and I love boats. I think that there is such a presence of the water when you have water mm. around you, do you know what I mean? And when my husband and I go to dinner, we live about a mile, a mile and a half now from the beach, several, be the whole coastline, it's beautiful here, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what, Laura, when times are tough, all we do is we take a drive to the coast. Do you know what I mean? It's a mile yeah. and a half, but we take yeah. a walk. But mostly, we you can just drive along the coast here in Ventura, and it changes your entire attitude. It does. There's something so healing and soothing about the water. Now, <clears throat> side, so 2017, I remember it well, and of course, I have friends that live in Napa and friends that live in Santa Rosa, and it has been a very tough couple of years for everyone, but certainly for them with the fires and then to have COVID. So how did you all of a sudden just say, I can teach cooking classes right here in my beautiful apartment? How'd you do that? Um, it was really, um, uh, what's the saying? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. <laughs> so when, you know, my goal, I, you know, I, uh, I couldn't do the Tuscan farmhouse. So I always wanted to have um, a brick and mortar cooking school. And with, um, with, with, one of one of the of the silver linings, um, not ignoring the horror of the pandemic, but one of the silver linings that came out of it was okay. We can do what we do online, and and uh, Peter Palmer, who's a, a sommelier here in San Francisco, he said before the pandemic, I thought Zoom was something your car did, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you know Zoom is what what brought people together. And, um, and so as, as soon as the pandemic hit, I had been sick for a couple of weeks and I hadn't seen anybody and I live alone. And then all of a sudden we, you know, there's lockdown in San Francisco. You cannot leave your home. And I, I panicked and I thought, I have to see people. I want to hear voices. I want to see faces. I want to make sure people are okay. So I posted on Facebook and said, everybody, this Friday, here's a link, jump on, uh, grab a cocktail. Let's all just check in and say hi and make sure we're all okay. And see if anybody needs anything. And, and so that Friday, there was about 65, 70 people jumped on and, um, and it was like, what are you drinking? Well, what are you drinking? And, um, and so it was, um, it was really just out of, out of necessity that I started doing this and, and, and it very quickly morphed uh, for the next three months into a Friday night zoom of cocktails and appetizer uh, and then I had a friend of mine who's an expert, a fitness expert from Rancho La Puerta. He, I called him and I said, you've got to come on. Just, he's really funny. He's from Puerto Rico, like our friend, Jose Andreas. And I said, just, you know, show people how to do some exercises, make it fun and funny. Show us how to use our wine bottles as barbells and that kettle of Tanqueray or that, that gallon of Tanqueray in the back of the closet that we all know you have. Show us how to use that as a kettlebell but just like give people some levity, but you know, we're going to be in lockdown for a month or two. <laughs> so we thought, and, um, and, you know, 
so that was every Friday. And then I'd, I'd always have a cocktail and I'd try to find a local distiller because I thought, okay, how am I get? I, I have to help my friends in, in the culinary uh, hospitality world. So I'd have a distiller come on and talk about, you know, what got them into it and how they got interested in it. And then I'd always try to have um, entertainment. So friends who I knew at San Francisco Opera or Beach Blanket Babylon or Broadway, I had a couple come on from Broadway in New York and um, and, uh, you know, I have friends in LA who are singers and musicians and they would come on. And then Saturday was dinner and, and wine. And so I'd have a local winemaker come on. Um, we had Dick and Jenny Doré from Foxen come on and, um, April Nala and, um, uh, Benovia and, uh, Chris and Katie Howell from Kane Winery came on. And, and so I try to promote their wine. So people would make the dinner and, and buy their wines, um, and then I, um, like I had farmers come on. I had a quail farmer. I had a grain producer, um, uh, people who are doing um, humanitarian outreach uh, for frontline workers, getting food to people who are food insecure. Um, and then, um, and, and entertainment. And then Saturday morning or Sunday morning was um, cooking for moms because moms have to do everything. And now they have to cook three meals a day and they have to homeschool and they, and, and, and. So Sunday mornings were how, you know, how to batch cook and how to prep food to have, have, um, have it ready during the week. So you're not starting over uh, every single day. Were you able to charge <clears throat> some of these events? I didn't, I didn't. I was working in tech at the time and I just, I didn't feel right charging. I, that's okay, um, Laura. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with you not charging. But when you're saying all this, we know that now, again, a little further along in the pandemic and all the things that are happening, you could charge for some of these. See, I think for you to teach people batch cooking on Sunday so that, and, and I, the only reason I say this again is our mutual friend, my friend, Linda Carucci, mm -hmm. who you've known, also, she's just started doing this. And so that she has- Oh, a, wow, that's great. Yes, and she's teaching- you sign up and you get the shopping list and the recipes and people do it at home. And then everybody holds up their plate. I attended mm -hmm. one of them. It was wonderful. It was not fancy, Laura. You know, I think that this is when we talk about people think that like, you understand tech, but I mean, her husband just built a little shelf for her computer. And she, I, she asked me to watch because I said to her things like, don't turn sideways because then people, you know, you know, which I'm famous for we're doing everything I tell people not to do as a producer as a person myself I do constantly I just want you to know but <laughs> as a producer you know it you can see it's like I, I just said to Linda don't shoot if you eat on camera as a talent and this is I digress but here's the thing in normal life there's nothing wrong with if you and I are looking at each other and then all of a sudden I clean my teeth with my tongue you know what I mean? After you swallow something, when people, yeah, exactly. When she's picking her tooth, picking your teeth. But when you are teaching a class and people are watching every motion that you're doing, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you want to just do, you want to keep it clean and clear. So I, that's the only reason I bring that up. But for you, well, I took, you should I do took some of your advice. Um, you had posted a while ago and saying, um, uh, get those dishes out of the sink. Don't have anything on the counter. And I, I read that and I went, I looked at my counter. I'm like, Ooh, cleared it off. Um, so, um, 
No, great advice. Now, funny, full circle again. I was, just because it's Jacques Pepin, I was a substitute food stylist just for a couple of days on one of his shows that was filmed at PBS. This is a long time ago. This is 84, 85, 86. He had a full-time stylist, but she had had a little nervous breakdown. So that's why they <laughs> No correlation. <laughs> okay. um, I went in there and you know what? Being the French professional chef and also have been, I always think that the best people on television were usually teaching, cooking teachers before they got on TV. Jacques, as a French chef and stuff, you know, his station was always immaculate. He does work, cleans that station mm -hmm. and moves on to the next. So when you see people now that have sink full of dirty dishes and stuff, what's bad about the human eye is it's distracting. So people look at right. that and instead of listening to what he's saying, but we used to have under Jacques' cutting board, we had a bus tub and it was filled with styrofoam peanuts. So as he dropped oh. their dirty dishes into the underneath the counter, we didn't hear it. Otherwise it sounded like a dishwashing station. So, but now darling, so back, oh, I know. know that. Oh, there's so many little tricks in the world. <laughs> I get filled with useless bits of information, Laura. <laughs> so back to you. Well, let me tell you what happened from all those wonderful classes that you did for people that needed them. So, um, so I did it for about three months and then took a break because it was summer and, you know, supposedly this was all over. And, yes. um, and then, uh, and then the, the 2017 fires hit. And, and so that was the first time I started working with world central kitchen and I had just been laid off by my tech company. Um, I was, my friend says you were, um, what was the word you were, um, set free or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, and it was the, the same day that the, um, lightning fires, so I, um, so I went up and I was up there up in Vacaville um, for about a week and a half and then went down to Santa Cruz. Um, and then, uh, and then the glass, I don't know if I'm doing it in reverse, but um, okay. the glass fires. Um, so I did those, it was all about six weeks. And then I, um, I went down to Mexico for, I was just gonna go down for two weeks cause you know, the sky was orange, you couldn't breathe. And I thought, yes, remember that? That yeah. was horrifying. I remember sitting here at my desk and the sky was that dark orange. And I literally thought, this is it. This is how we go. I mean, I was just, I was literally waiting for the planet to explode. It was, it was just surreal. And, um, so I came back and then I, I, I did five weeks of um, salsa y salsa. So my friend Manuel from Rancho La Puerta, um, I taught a cocktail and a salsa and he taught salsa dancing. So we did that once a week for five weeks through the end of the year. And then um, beginning of 2021, yeah, I'm, I, the last two years, I've just been like, I don't know what years was. So um, a year ago, I did a, um, I did a 10 week cooking class, exactly what I learned at Home Chef. And I, I, I taught it. I wasn't because I was laid off. So I was teaching it and I charged for it. I, I did that. I did a 10 week or two month, uh, 10 week cooking class. I, so on Saturdays, I taught techniques. And then Sunday, I taught the South Beach Keto 
which I, I just, I, the first four weeks I taught out of the book and I found the recipes to be revolting and not in the least bit healthy. And I think the book should be burned. And so about four weeks into the class, I said, how about if I just teach you how to cook healthy? And so I did. Um, and then I, I got a job um, and uh, in December, this past December, my job ended, the tech job ended. And so this year I am going full in on cooking. Um, so uh, send me send me good vibes. So the class that I'm teaching right now is a class I've wanted to teach for years. And I always thought, like I said, I had to have a brick and mortar to do it. And, um, and realize I could do it online, just changed everything. So what I'm doing is it's an eight week course and I'm teaching the techniques each week and, and teaching how to cook really healthy food. And I'm uh, also bringing in um, medical experts, doctors, psychiatrists, fitness experts, mindfulness experts. Um, and each week we're tackling a different illness. And, and so they, the doctors will come on and tell us, last week it was cancer. So what is cancer? What does it do to our bodies? And what are the things that we need to eat and not eat um, to prevent it? And then if we've had it, how to um, stay healthy? Uh, before that, we talked about inflammation and what is inflammation? And you know, we have 60, I didn't know this, 60,000 miles of vascular system in our body. It could wrap around the earth twice. And how do we keep that vascular system healthy? And, and what are the foods that we need to eat um, to bring down the inflammation? And what are the foods that we need to avoid um, to increase inflammation? So, um, you know, everyone's saying eat healthy. Well, what does that mean? I mean, everything's so, you know, it's all this marketing crap out there. Eat healthy, be mindful. And, um, and so what I'm doing is I'm bringing in these professionals who really get down to the science behind it. So um, this mindfulness expert, uh, Justin Michael Williams, he travels the world um, teaching people how to heal through meditation. And, and, but what he's going to talk about is how meditation heals our body and our brain and what is the, the science behind it. Um, Manuel from Rancho Laporta is going to come in and talk about neuroplasticity and what are the exercises that we can do to keep our brain sharp. Um, John Rady, who's a psychiatrist out of Harvard, he wrote Driven to Distraction and Spark, and he's done all this research on exercise in the brain. And what do we, what should we eat and what, what, how should we move to um, keep our brain healthy and ward off Alzheimer's? Yeah. Um, so every week is a different um, disease and, and nobody's. Honey, this is excellent. And you know what else? This Thank is you. a book. Thank you. <laughs> this is a book. You know, I mean, seriously, I think that that what you've got here is the basis of a really important book that you could write. If you can get up at 530 in the morning to drive just like the Sam Bruno and then spit out the wine and get your um, <laughs> certification, you can write a book on this course that you're teaching. Thank you. Thank I'm you. Telling you. I always... Linda's done it. So many of my friends have taken certification courses in wine. Laura, it's never even, it, it's, I could never do it. I just know it. Do you know what I mean? I understand my grandfather made wine. We had small vineyards in Sonoma. It was a farm with a little bit of wine, a few grapes, and he would buy grapes. I understand all of it. I want to drink it. I don't care about anything else. Do you see what that? <laughs> Not that, well, that I'm, the funny thing was, 
when I when I took the class, I thought, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Oh. I lived in France for six years. I was a, I'm a chef. I, and and it just kicked my butt. I mean, what I realized was that while I had consumed copious amounts of wine, I had never really tasted wine. I understand. So. <laughs> now, answer me this. So when you give courses and you're teaching people to cook, and I know you know this from other places in your life, about food why and and this is just people are afraid now i think more than ever after covid people want to entertain again and want to be as you were saying to have human connection we've had when it's been safe laura my husband and i have gone to more restaurants wanting to support restaurants but having drinks and appetizers or drinks and dinner with friends than we ever did when we first moved up here because we just want to see people right i love to entertain still i i i after all these years of cooking i've certainly streamlined the proposals do you know what i mean i yeah I some tricks i don't i don't uh, so i want to hear some tips that you have for either wine or cooking or just entertaining tips. They don't, they can be anything you think is interesting to people, but I know it'll be helpful. Thank you. You know, I think the first thing is, is really, um, it doesn't have to be fancy. People just wanna be together. And, and it's really about, you know, in France, the word convivialité or in, in English it's conviviality, but I didn't know it until I went to France because we don't do it here. In, you know, yeah. speaking of the, the collective, we, um, uh, you know, it's before it would, you know, you show up at a restaurant, you go to dinner, you go home. Um, when I, when I moved to France, I invited people over for dinner and I put seven o'clock thinking like maybe they'd stay till 10 or 11. Well, they showed up at nine and left at three <laughs> and, and, you know, spent six hours around the table talking. And it was, it was, it was magical. It was transformative. And um, in the six years that I lived there, I watched these friendships of people who, who hadn't known each other from different walks of life, different countries um, become friends. And these people are still friends now, 15, um, almost 20 years later. So um, people, it doesn't have to be fancy. People are just grateful that you bring them together. And, and I always tell my friends that, you know, you can reheat pizza for me. Um, I'm just grateful that I don't have to be the one reheating it. <laughs> So um, I think don't worry, don't worry about it. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, it's it's just about bringing people together and 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 doing it with love, and and that feeds the soul more than anything. So perfect. Um, so perfect. yeah, I mean it's, it's more it's, now than ever. I yeah. I must say, Laura, I'll tell you one thing. I go to someone's house if they slice up an apple. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and put some cheese nips out. I think this is what a delightful treat. Exactly. <laughs> Serve it on dinosaur plates. <laughs> Thank you. Because I didn't have to schlep it. I didn't have to buy it. I didn't have to price it. I didn't have to do anything. I think that really the fat entertaining is kind of a fancy word for it. But I just think as you're saying, spending some time with someone and having a glass of wine or an iced tea or whatever you do can just be, it, it soothes your soul. Does. Yeah, it's that connection. It's that that um, community. Yes, that, that we've realized now how, how important it is. Yes. Um, in 2020, that fall, when I went down to Mexico, I was at this little um, retreat center, and there was there was about 10 or 15 of us, and it was the first time 
we had sat down at a table with people we didn't know in about eight months at that point. And, and I was down there for six weeks. And what I realized was not only how important community is, but living in community and having your community of caring. Um, you know, we have to take care of ourselves, but we also need to take care of our community. So um, that was, that was so powerful for me. Um, some other tips for entertaining. Um, if you're worried about wine, champagne goes with everything. That's <laughs> just the right. bottom line. <laughs> you're right. I don't know why, just in America, I think, again, marketing, you said it earlier. People think that champagne is a celebration. Do you know what I mean? You have, you have it for right. graduations or weddings. But in my feeling is, is that, I mean, there's nothing better than a glass of champagne with some scrambled eggs. Do you right. know what I mean? If you're out, why wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? It's not, that is the celebration. It's the scramble. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and what we've seen the last two years, I mean, every day is a blessing. And, um, and it doesn't have to be fancy champagne. You can get a great sparkling wine for $20. I mean, there's, yes, there's so much misinformation around wine and there's so much snobbery and intimidation around wine. And there are great wines for 15, uh, 10, $15, $20. You can get a great wine. There's a, uh, Pine Ridge makes a Chenin Blanc blend and I think it's $13. And I drink it, I cook with it. Uh, I'd bathe in it if I could afford to buy enough wine to fill my bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I love this wine. I don't need a $300, you know, uh, white burgundy from Mont Rocher. I mean, give me that bottle of Chenin Blanc blend and I am a pig in mud. Um, so people like, and, and really get to know your, your, go to a local white little wine store. Um, and, and just ask, ask if you're at a restaurant, ask your sommelier and, and don't be intimidated. Say, here's my price point, And these are the flavors that I like. Um, I like sweet. I don't like sweet. I like big, bold. I don't like big, bold. I like racy, zingy. I like smooth and buttery. Give them some direction and give them your, your price point. I mean, that helps a sommelier so much to be given these parameters. And then you know, then you know how to make your customer happy when they say, well, what do you think? <laughs> You're like, okay, there's about, you know, millions of wines in the world. Another trick is if you go to wine.com, so I worked at wine.com for about a year um, in 2020. And it was really fascinating because I was, there's a chat box uh, on wine.com and there's a, a team of about a hundred um, wine professionals behind it. Everybody has to have some level of, of wine expertise. So you get great advice on this chat line. And what I realized was that, you know, 99% of the country um during the pandemic the chats were mostly uh how much wine can i get <laughs> and how fast can you get it to me and how cheap can i get it <laughs> that was all people cared about they weren't looking for the you know bordeaux first growth no. they were looking for the 15 bottle of cab that was going to get them through the through the day of homeschooling and yeah. cooking and cleaning and you know that was that's what people care about i mean that's um you know, the, the, the intimidation is, is crazy. If I hear, if I see one more thing that says skinny wine or, or calorie, no calorie or low sugar, I mean, most wines don't have sugar unless it's labeled sweet wine. There's, there's minuscule, if any sugar in it. And, and it's just this crazy marketing thing where, you know, gluten-free wine, it's like, good God, shoot me. <laughs> you are, I have to tell you, marketing 
when we talk about fake news <laughs> in marketing, sometimes I agree with you. Remember for a while when every package in the grocery store said no cholesterol? Yes. And I'd, a bite and I'd say there was never cholesterol in this to begin with. Right. So right. what you're saying about the same thing with wines, I also think, and you touched on so many good points, price points, what you really like to drink. Now, one of when you said big and bold, Laura, I grew up on Dago red wine. And I used <laughs> that in my own stream. I said to someone, I'm going to go have a glass of Dago red. And a woman immediately in my stream said, well, Dago is kind of a slur. I said, not to me, because I'm a Dago. Not to me. We're, we're, we're Italians. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. If that's a slur to you, I, I apologize. But to me, I my father used to say to me, ah, I don't think this one, he got made some money later on in our lives. He'd say, I don't think this is as good as Pop's Dago Red he used to make in the basement. And so, you know, Laura, seriously, I like, I like Merlot's. But I like cabs. I like Napa red wines. I love blends. I'm glad they're doing all sorts of blends again. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love yeah. them. Gosh, I like black peppery, deep, bold red wine. And mm -hmm. I'm not a snob. I have a glass as I'm cooking dinner, and I have a glass when I eat my dinner. And I and people all eat when we go to lunch, and they're ordering whatever. They'll go, oh, you can have a glass of white wine. I said, no, I'm gonna have a glass of red wine. Sometimes I drink white wine, but I just mm -hmm. like red wine better. Right. Because yeah. And it's really, you know, they always say, what's the best wine you've had? And it's the one I'm drinking at that moment. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I think that you brought up the intimidation point. People, here's, you know, it's interesting to me. I have friends, of course, that I went to school with and they're darling and they're, they've been chefs in fancy restaurants. So when I post a picture of something I've made that looks good, they'll say, what wine did you serve? I'll say, I think it was a $10 bottle of Merlot I found in TJ's. That was, you know, what I have a wine rack, a big wine rack, but I just refill it every week. I put four or five bottles of wine in there. But honey, sometimes it's a $30 bottle of wine. Sometimes it's a, you know, a $10 bottle of wine. But when I go to open them, I do think about, hmm, what, you know, more than if it's going with the food when I'm eating it, I'm thinking, what do, what treat do I want tonight? I'm thinking of what right. I want to drink. And I think right, exactly. people think that, uh, they think that, because if wine costs more that it tastes better and stuff, but I don't think that's always true. Do you know what I mean? Not at, not at all. I mean, price does not equal quality, not in the least. Um, and, and that's, that's what people need to understand is that more expensive does not equal more better. <laughs> I will say this. I have to say, I think I've said this in the podcast before because I can't let go of it. We have one of our, we have dear, dear friends, more money than God. Whenever they, they come to my house for dinner, they bring an orchid and something, a beautiful presence. I mean, these are generous, lovely people, but they don't, the husband doesn't know anything about wine and he's not a drinker. So he always brings me like um, the double-sized bottle of something like barefoot wine. Do you know what I mean? And then it's white Zinfandel. And when he, <laughs> and once when he brought it to a party, I said to him, I need to share this with you now. Don't ever, bring, <laughs> don't ever bring this wine to anybody again. 
Okay. I don't even know what you do with that now. Do I turn it into fruit punch? Do I give it to my dogs? What do I do with that a horrible one? But people, it's just a fascinating thing. And, but I do know that people are intimidated even purchasing wine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a shame because it is. wine, wine really, I mean, wine like food brings people together and it, you know, I say it, it uh, um, a, a meal without wine is a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> And what do you, if, we, if you're not a baker, what do you serve for a dessert, Laura? What do you think is a good dessert for people? I mean, if you do bake, great, but what do you like mm -hmm. to serve for dessert to people? Because I think dessert, even people say, oh, I don't eat dessert. Oh, I don't need a dessert. Even if you share a dessert, I think dessert mm -hmm. is a wonderful finish to what you're talking about in the friendship. And to have a, a lovely dessert and two or three people use their spoons to get some, I think is just, which you would never do on, most of us don't do off people's dinner plates. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But I think there's a wonderful sense of the finishing of a meal when you get dessert. What do you like to do to finish a meal? Absolutely. It's just that, that, that sweet tooth that you need to, um, you need to get. Um, it was interesting when I, when I moved to France, um, my flatmate after dinner, he would have one square, one or two squares of dark chocolate. And that was it. And, um, and I mentioned in the last podcast, um, I got really sick in France and which is why I came back to the States. Um, but I'd had surgery over there and I went to the surgeon about two weeks later and I said, I have no energy. And he said, eat fish and have a square of dark chocolate. He said, not a bar like you Americans eat, yes. just a square of dark chocolate. And I, I think we're so used to having, you know, a, you know, you go out and you get a slice of mud pie the size of your head yes. and that's not dessert. I mean, that's just, it's, it's consumption. And, yeah. and I think just giving people something small. So a couple of my go-tos, I'm not a baker at all. I'm a throw it in and taste, throw it in and taste, throw it in and taste. And baking is a science. It's exact. It's, um, you know, it's chemistry. So um, unless you're Walt White and Breaking Bad. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you, that, that's the distinction between the two. But I've got a few go-tos that um, are tried and true. And one of them is actually a home chef recipe. And it's a berry crumble. And um, it is so easy. You know, it's oats and flour and cinnamon and a few other vanilla and and butter and you just mix it all together and you have a crumble. And what I do is I'll make like three times and then I just keep it in the freezer. So I always have a crumble in the freezer and I usually have I always have berries. I love blueberries, so I always have some blueberries in the in the fridge. And if people show up, I just throw the throw the blueberries in a ramekin and put some crumble on top and bake it. And it's incredible. It's delicious. It's, 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 um, uh, what's the word? Uh, comforting, heart, comforting yeah. comfort food. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. You know, if you want, you can put a scoop of vanilla on it and, um, and it, it's, it's fantastic. It's delicious. It's beautiful. People think you cooked all day to make it. Um, but it's, it's really easy. Um, and then another go-to, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said, that sounds delicious. And yeah. I think I remember that home chef recipe. Yes. <laughs> I mean, from 1997, I am still cooking that. Um, another one, and this was another one, uh, necessity, uh, the mother of invention. I was cooking at the Chateau 
uh, where they were filming the Da Vinci Code, and I was um, and the head of PR for Sony had come to town because he could. <laughs> and, yes, right. um, and so I was cooking dinner for the owner of the chateau and and this gentleman. And for dessert, I was going to have a, a a tart citron, a lemon tart. And so I put the crust into blind bake, and I brought the um, dinner out. And by the time I got back to the kitchen, the the crust had burned black and the middle was soggy. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I, I don't know where I had this, this moment of clarity, but I grabbed two martini glasses and I had some Bon Mama uh, hazelnut cookies. I crumbled, a, a crunched up a cookie in the bottom of each martini glass. I scooped the lemon curd over it. I chopped up a strawberry and and brought it out with a resounding bon appetit. And I called it my deconstructed lemon tart. Um, so, and it's, Genius. you know, it, <laughs> but, um, had a few saves like that in my life. And later on, as I'm at home, having a glass of wine, I think to myself, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's become like my, one of my signature desserts. And that sounds it's delicious. really, it's easy. Um, and you can buy lemon curd and sure. crumble a cookie, you know, put it, you can, um, uh, chop up some strawberries, toss it in a little sugar and Grand Marnier. And, uh, you know, there's ways to fancy it up, but, you know, it doesn't like, like I said, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be Michelin star. Um, and, and you don't need a lot of it. Um, you know, just portion control, Laura, I think, yeah. I, which is comes from, and you're studying in France and I can't thank you enough. Those tips were excellent. When you get a perfect taste, a smaller amount of food, I believe that people appreciate it more. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, to give people a big old plate of ribs is wonderful, but when you go to restaurants that give you more food than people can eat and they're carrying it home in a styrofoam box, I think that lessens. Right, you know, what absolutely. I the food. Well, honey, now listen, you're, we're going to say goodbye to you because you're going to go on a new adventure. And next time we talk to you, you're going to tell us about it, going to work at the World Central Kitchen. I can see you're already moving up the ranks, Laura. Now <laughs> we're bringing you into management, into the activation <laughs> kitchen. I love it. So, honey, thank you so much. Say your website for people to go to your cooking school. Thank you so much for having me. My website is Cucina Testarossa which means the Redhead's Kitchen. And it's uh, C-U-C-I-N-A-T-E-S-T-A-R-O-S-S-A.com. I love it. And you said last time, that's because your grandfather called you that? Testarossa, Redhead, when I was little. So precious. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone that listens. Thank, we want to thank all the people that leave us messages. Sometimes people want to private message us, which I totally understand because they don't want to put something in the stream or they want to tell me something about Cindy that they heard and they're just trying to verify. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, okay? Maybe she likes jail. It's really none of my business. We don't, it's none of my business. No. Thank you, everyone that listens. If you want to reach us, it's womenbeyond at icloud.com. Please go to our Facebook page and um, thank you all for, for your comments or for when you listen or when you support us. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Miss Cindy, for everything you do, everything. And thank you so much today, Laura. This was just an absolute pleasure. Now it makes me want to give a dinner party and 
really, you know what? I'm even going to look at the label when I open my bottle of wine today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.